listening to Curtains Up, a celebration of Auckland's amateur and professional theatre, 1950-1980. In this first track, we hear from long-time theatre, radio, television and film actor Elizabeth McRae. Here, Elizabeth tells us of her move to Auckland and her involvement in amateur theatre, while juggling being a parent, and her paid work reading for radio. And then I came up to Auckland to do Teachers College. I think it was at the end of that year I could have got a job with C CAS, which is Community Arts Service, which was touring plays. Was that done in Wellington? Or no, that came Auckland? up. You had to do teachers, secondary teachers college. You had to do in Auckland, so mm -hmm. I moved. Uh, however, I got married at the beginning of the following year, and I went to secondary school teaching. So during that, and then I had children quite early on. Uh, and then um, I used to do, dra uh, you know, a couple of um, amateur dramas a year, mm -hmm. often directed by Edna Harris. So I did some Sorry, quite good Edna work Harris? there. Edna Harris was a, a drama teacher and director in Auckland, used to do work for WEA and the Grafton Theatre. She died rather young, but she was very well known as a director. She was a very good director, very, um, very particular. She and Gil Cornwell, I think, were the two mm -hmm. famous, direct, the best known directors in Auckland at mm -hmm. that time, which was about 1960. Mm -hmm. I did Under Milkwood with her. Mm -hmm. It was the first production of Under Milkwood with Bruce Purchase as the narrator. Mm -hmm. I think I was five months pregnant when I did that. They said in the, one of the reviewers, I was a very fertile village floozy. I played, <laughs> I played Polly Garter. And then sort of a few years later, when the Mercury, by the time the Mercury started, I was in Under Milkwood again, but then playing one of the old women. <laughs> um, this is Dye Bread or someone. So, uh, and then uh, the Mercury began, and Tony Richardson was appointed director of the Mercury mm. Theatre, and he had met Maria Dronker in England. So when he came out, he said, oh, I know about you, you know, from Maria. They'd met when Maria was over there on oh, one, her, hus her son was a um, don at uh, Cambridge or Oxford. And she had met up with Tony Richardson before he actually came to New Zealand. So um, I, th I then, because I had children, I really couldn't take it on full time. I, I couldn't do back-to-back um, -back plays, but I did, you know, a number of plays. Right, and how, with Tony how old were your children? How many children well, they were. I had two children, and by that time they were about four and six, I think. About or maybe five and seven, because they used to go over the road for at, when they came home from school, when I was when I was rehearsing. But I couldn't have rehearsed and, you know, one play and right. and, and had work at night as right. well. Okay. But Don, my husband, was very supportive. I mean, he he was working full time in the city. Um, so it wasn't as though we could share childminding. We couldn't, right. but he would collect them and and uh, after when he came home from work, when I was working at night. But I had done that sort of work working at night in an amateur theatre. Mm. But I was in the first production at the Mercury, which was um, the Admirable Crichton. Yes. And that what did you play in the Admirable? I Crichton? played. Uh, I didn't play Tweenie, I played Mary, I think her name was. She was the leading lady in a sort of grand way, but not, not the most delightful character in a way. Mm -hmm. But it was um, 
was a strange... It, it was in quite an interesting production. It didn't quite work. Mm. Oh, it didn't work really at all, I guess, but it was um, a beginning. Mm. And, and was that your first professional engagement? No, well, I'd been doing radio work, and that oh, was right. professional in a way. Well, where, where did you do that? Well, in Auckland. There was a lot of radio work. Well, when I was first married, I'd, I auditioned for radio, and um, they usually in the mornings you, you'd get a job and you'd go in three or four mornings a week so and record plays. Enormous, enormous amount of work because they also did uh, plays and dramatizations for the correspondence school. So there's a lot of work. Fiona Kidman was writing miles of stuff at that stage, one play after another. Elizabeth talks of the radio work often being scheduled in the mornings to accommodate the actors who were otherwise rehearsing or performing in the afternoons and evenings. She goes on to talk about the transition into professional theatre. You know, personally it felt once you'd got a job with the Mercury you had become professional. Mm. Not that I had had professional training, which mm. I hadn't. I hadn't been to any academy. There, were, there wasn't any academy-type mm. learning. Mm. I had done one-to-one -one learning with Maria Dronka, um, but that was all. Mm. I hadn't done academy-type learning, which you have nowadays. Mm. And the sort of learning that the Mercury established with the students, I mean, Liddy Holloway was one, and there were you know, lots of people who kept on working in the theatre in that setup. Uh, it was like an apprenticeship. Mm. A more sort of based not on the English style of academy learning, mm. but on the apprenticeship style of French European learning, mm. where you worked in the theatre, and you did stand in you know work and you did small parts, and by the end of the year you might have got you know a semi lead or mm. well not quite a lead you'd get a second or third mm. role. Jean Highland asked Elizabeth about the employment and the steadiness of work at this time. She explains a different culture and wages in the early 70s. So it was fairly steady, your employment? Um, yes, it was about, it, it wasn't, I, I, it was never, um, you know, head to tail. Mm. Because I didn't, there wasn't, there wasn't a, um, an atmosphere, there wasn't a culture of nannies, and there wasn't a culture of daycare, neither of those things existed. Mm. There were a few scungy nurseries around, but you wouldn't dream of sending your children to. Mm. There just wasn't that culture. You looked after the, you know, I look, you looked after your own kids, mm. um, and you used your mother or, or your friends. You know, we've swapped, <coughs> swapped children mm. around quite a bit. Mm. Uh, so that would always happen when I was rehearsing, mm. and then of course the children were growing up. Um, but the, it, it, it was a very different. It was a very different culture, and I didn't have to do it because my. In those days, you could work. You could run a family on one income. So my husband was earning enough for me not to have to have to earn money. Mm. It was just sort of icing, I suppose, mm. well, a bit more than icing. But you know, it, mm. I didn't. We didn't need two full-time uh, wages, right. and it would have been hard for me to to get full-time work. Mm. So it was always freelance, and sometimes, you know, more lucrative than others. And mm. then there was the beginning of TV began, and um, I did a TV series called The Games Affair, which was uh, a children's series which was filmed down in Christchurch during the Commonwealth Games. 
So what year would that have been? That would have been 74, 73, 74. Recorded in August 2005, an oral history project. Women in Auckland who have worked in the acting profession talk about their lives. Interview between Jean Highland and Elizabeth McCray. Curtains up. The exhibition is open for viewing at Tamaki Pātaka Kōrero, the Central City Library, from August the 28th to the end of November 2019.